Hey everyone, you're listening to God's Whole Story, a podcast of Worship Center. We know just how hard it is to read God's Word and understand it, so we decided to read the Bible chronologically this year and talk about it together. Thanks so much for joining us. Hey everyone, it's Chelsea, and I'm here today with Chris and Ethan again, and we are in Ezekiel, and just a heads up, <laughs> this is not a family-friendly passage. So if you're listening with your children, I advise don't. that you don't. Is <laughs> there <laughs> like an age limit there yeah. that we should be aware of? I'm like kind of wondering if I should put a... Explicit, explicit content? Yeah, yeah, explicit content on here, which probably wouldn't look great for Worship Center, yeah, I don't but... I know if that would be good, but... <laughs> you've um, been warned now. <laughs> yeah, you've been warned. Please... What, Chelsea, what Chelsea's referring to is there's some passages here that are talking about judgment. Uh, well, they're all talking about judgment today, right. pretty much. Um, but as we've seen before, sometimes God describes Israel's unfaithfulness at, and their idolatry as adultery. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this particular passage, I think, is the most graphic in Scripture in doing this. Uh, just interesting little tidbit of when Jewish young men would study the scripture, they were not allowed to study this chapter until they were married or until they were of age, like 30, I guess it would be if they were still single. And it was this chapter in Ezekiel and Song of Songs, uh, a book about sex. So they were, these were passages that were not allowed to be studied by those who were young. So we're, we're not really actually joking about that, that if you're playing yeah. this in the car, your kids are going to ask you some very interesting questions. <laughs> very awkward questions. Also, isn't it interesting that um, Ezekiel is 30 years old? That is true. Oh, <laughs> like well. we find out earlier in the book that he's 30 years old when he gets his call he's to be a prophet. Enough. He's old enough to handle God's messages, I guess. <laughs> so I guess I'm old enough to handle yeah. God's messages now. <laughs> well, he's also married. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, yeah, he's married. Know, so he could have he qualified <laughs> that way, too. Yes, Ethan, that's why we invited you on this podcast. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so we do have some, yeah, very graphic depictions of what idolatry is in the Lord's eyes. Um, and why? <laughs> why, Chris, <laughs> are we talking like this? <laughs> uh, I mean, I think there is some shock value here that is intended by God that, you know, it's, we're talking specifically about Ezekiel 23. It's an allegory of two sisters, and we're told right away that these sisters represent Samaria and Jerusalem. So that's the, the capital cities of Israel, the northern kingdom the capital city of the southern kingdom, Judah. Israel's already been judged by these Syrians. We saw them go down a f- quite a while ago now, actually. And we've been talking a lot about the fact that Jerusalem's going down. So this is a, it's the same message, but this is delivered in such graphic form that it, I think it's meant to be memorable. Hmm. Uh, if you look at this whole day's reading all together, we have signs of judgment that are, once judgment is described as a furnace, uh, burning with fire. Another time we've got this allegory that is very graphic and, and kind of sexual nature. And then we have finished with a boiling pot that's basically Israel is the meat in the pot. All of these are memorable. And which if if you're a communicator, you you kind of see like God is doing things. He's creating visual pictures. He's creating things that are memorable to try to get his message across. That I mean Ezekiel is kind of like the the YouTube video of the prophets. I mean it's like it's meant to stick with you. Yeah, the imagery in this book, and also with a lot of the prophets, and even when we get to Revelation, the imagery that's associated with like all these different things, it's meant to make a point. It's supposed to evoke something in us. Well, this definitely evoked something in me. <laughs> but um, the other thing I just thought of is uh, the Lord is so specific with what these things are. There's no guessing. Um, I think I'm just thinking specifically the book of Ezekiel. There's some like prophetic books in the Bible that you're kind of like, what does this mean? Is this the future? Is this like what's happening? But um, 
with the book of Ezekiel, there's no guessing. Like guys, like this is what is happening. This is the word picture, and this is what it means, um, which is a gift. And also, it's a great reminder for us to like when we see verses where we're like, "What does that mean? What's it talking about?" Look for context. Like look before and after the verse, and God might just tell you in the scripture what it is. Uh, I think another way we see some of the specific here. One thing Ethan mentioned as we were reading this is like. Why, why do we go between some of the prophetic passages and then historical passages? Mm. And like, you're actually seeing a prophecy that is being given in Babylon. And that very day, Jerusalem is being laid siege by Babylon uh, in another part of the world. So like, we're watching this in real time as we read it chronologically. This word is going out and it's happening. It's like breaking news uh, at the same time that it's being prophesied. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it is something that I've never known before or noticed before that is just the Lord says on this very day is like when this is happening. And, um, again, I love, I love passages like that because it's very specific and it can be traced back to history. I think it's really cool. <clears throat> but is there anything else you want to say about this passage? <laughs> I mean, one of the verses that jumped out to me, just so we can talk about something a little different than, sure. uh, Bring it on. <laughs> graphic imagery, uh, in chapter 22, verse 29 of Ezekiel, we see this, uh, these kind of things repeated that we know Israel is judged for idolatry. We know, we saw yesterday, I think, that they uh, are, are condemned for breaking the Sabbath. But then some of what's described as the state of Israel, it says, even common people oppress the poor, rob the needy, and deprive foreigners of justice. Uh, and that's something we saw that in Amos, we saw that in Micah. Uh, we're going to see it again and again that some of Israel's things was the way that they treated those who were less fortunate than them. Um, that's a challenge that's timeless. You know, how do we treat those who are different than us? How do we treat those who are less fortunate than us? Um, and God took it seriously in the prophet that among idolatry, worshiping a different God, they were also challenged on their treatment of those who were different than them. Yeah. And the fact that he's specifically calling out the leaders and priests too is, again, the people that were supposed to be leading these people and showing them who God was, that they were sinning like this is pretty pretty incredible. Again, their sin is so great. <laughs> I think, Chris, you were um, in our conversation earlier, you were mentioning how um, this is kind of uh, similar to what we saw in Sodom and Gomorrah. Hmm. And it gets to the point where when there's no more faith, when, when there's no more people with faith, that's when judgment comes. And it, I, I assume this is kind of what it's alluding to in... Um, is that chapter 22, verse um, 30? Uh, it says, I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guards the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I mean, there's no one there to stand in the gap. There's no one there to, to, to save them from destruction. Is that kind of what that's going after? Yeah. I mean, I, I, it might not be 100% literal that there's literally zero people faithful. I mean, because we do, you know, Daniel's in Babylon, of course. Ezekiel's there. Jeremiah's in Jerusalem. Jeremiah is still. But I think it's things have gotten so bad mm -hmm. that really there, there's no one left. Um, and it does have that. I, I think it has echoes of Sodom and Gomorrah where Abraham negotiated, like, if there's 10 people, mm -hmm. if there's five people, will you delay? And God was always willing. And uh, again... We would say, well, why wasn't he willing now? Well, he's actually delayed judgment on Jerusalem a long time. For a like, very long time. 700 years. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, I think that's enough time to <laughs> <that is laughs> figure lot. things out. Um, yeah, tell your kids that one. Just make sure you repent in 700 years. No, oh, of course we want them to do that a little faster. Right. right? Um, so God is, he, 
it, it's we, that's where it's important to see God's whole story. We are seeing judgment, uh, but it doesn't mean he's not merciful. He still is incredibly gracious. Yes, and you can't just jump into this one verse and be like, oh my gosh, this, you know, he's, so, he's just judging me. Like, well, there's... <laughs> There's so much context beforehand that you have to read. That's I feel like that's where people are like, well, I, I think about people who, who have read parts of the Bible and they just don't accept it because they don't like it. Well, what we're doing here, we're reading the whole thing for context to know actually he's uh, he is very just mm. in all this. That's yeah. a great thing. Definitely. Ezekiel 22, starting in verse 17. Then this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, the people of Israel are the worthless slag that remains after silver is smelted. They are the dross that is left over, a useless mixture of copper, tin, iron, and lead. So tell them, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Because you are all worthless slag, I will bring you to my crucible in Jerusalem. Just as silver, copper, iron, lead, and tin are melted down in a furnace, I will melt you down in the heat of my fury. I will gather you together and blow the fire of my anger upon you, and you will melt like silver in fierce heat. Then you will know that I, am, I, the Lord, have poured out my fury on you. Again, a message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, give the people of Israel this message. In the day of my indignation, you will be like a polluted land, a land without rain. Your princes plot conspiracies just as lions stalk their prey. They devour in- innocent people, seizing treasures and exhort- extorting wealth. They... Make many widows in the land. Your priests have violated my instructions and defiled my holy things. They make no distinction between what is holy and what is not. And they do not teach my people the difference between what is ceremonially clean and unclean. They disregard my Sabbath days so that I am dishonored among them. Your leaders are like wolves who tear apart their victims. They actually destroy people's lives for money. And your prophets cover up for them by announcing false visions and making lying predictions. They say, my message is from the sovereign Lord, when the Lord hasn't spoken a single word to them. Even common people oppress the poor, rob the needy, and deprive foreigners of justice. I looked for someone who might rebuild the wall of righteousness that guard the land. I searched for someone to stand in the gap in the wall so that I wouldn't have to destroy the land, but I found no one. So now I will pour out my fury on them, consuming them with the, with the fire of my anger. I will heap on their heads the full penalty of all their sins. I, the sovereign Lord, have spoken." This message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, once there were two sisters who were daughters of the same mother. They became prostitutes in Egypt. Even as young girls, they allowed men to fondle their breasts. The older girl was named Ahola, and her sister was Aholaba. I married them, and they bore me sons and daughters. I am speaking of Samaria and Jerusalem, for Ahola is Samaria, and Aholaba is Jerusalem. Then Ahola lusted after other lovers instead of me. She gave her love to the Assyrian officers. They were all attractive young men, captain and commanders dressed in handsome blue, charioteers driving their horses. And so she prostituted herself with the most desirable men of Assyria, worshiping their idols and defiling herself. For when she left Egypt, she did not leave her spirit of prostitution behind. She was still as lewd as in her youth when the Egyptians slept with her and fondled her breasts and used her as a prostitute. And so I handed her over to Assyrian lovers, whom she desired so much. They stripped her and took her children as slaves, and they killed her. After she received her punishment, her reputation was known to every woman in the land. And even though Aholaba saw what happened to Ahola, her sister, she followed right in her footsteps. She was even more depraved, abandoning herself to her lust and prostitution. She fawned over all the Assyrian officers, those captains and commanders in handsome uniforms, those charioteers driving their horses, all of them attractive young men. I saw the way she was going, deviling herself, just like her older sister. 
Then she carried her prostitution even further. She fell in love with pictures that were painted on a wall, pictures of Babylonian military officers outfitted in striking red uniforms. Handsome belts encircled their waist and flowering turbans crowned their heads. They were dressed like chariot officers from the land of Babylonia. When she saw these paintings, she longed to give herself to them, so she sent messengers to Babylonia to invite them to come to her. So they came and committed adultery with her, defiling her in the bed of love. After being defiled, however, she rejected them in disgust. In the same way, I became disgusted with the Holoba and rejected her, just as I had rejected her sister, because she flaunted herself with, before them and gave herself to satisfy their lust. Yet she turned to even greater prostitution, remembering her youth when she was a prostitute in Egypt. She lusted after her lovers with genitals as large as donkeys and emissions like those of a horse. And so, Holoba, you relieved your for- relived your former days as a young girl in Egypt when you first allowed your breast to be fondled. Therefore, Aholaba, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. I will send your lovers against you from every direction, from the very kingdoms from which you turned away in disgust. From The Babylonians will come with all the Chaldeans from Pekod and Sioa and Koa, and all the Assyrians will come with them, handsome young captains, commanders, chariot officers, and other high-ranking officials, all riding their horses. They will all come against you from the north with chariots, wagons, and, and a great army prepared for attack. They will take up positions on every side, surrounding you with men armed with shields and helmets. And I will hand you over to them for punishment so that they can do with you as they please. I will turn my jealous anger against you, and you will be dealt with harshly. They will cut off your nose and ears, and any survivors will then be slaughtered by the sword. Your children will be taken away as captives, and everything that is left will be burned. They will strip you of your beautiful clothes and jewels. In this way, I will put a stop to the lewdness and prostitution you brought from Egypt. You will never again cast longing eyes on those things or finally remember your time in Egypt. For this is what the Sovereign Lord says, I will surely hand you over to your enemies, to loathe, to those you loathe, those you rejected. They will treat you with hatred and rob you of all you own, leaving you stark naked. The shame of your prostitution will be exposed to all the world. You brought this on yourself by prostituting yourselves to other nations, defiling yourself with all their idols, because you have followed in your sister's footsteps. I will force you to drink the same cup of terror she drank. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. You will drink from your sister's cup of terror, a cup that is large and deep. It is filled to the brim with scorn and derision. Drunkenness and anguish will fill you, for your cup is filled to the brim with distress and desolation. The same cup your sister Samaria drank. You will drain the cup of terror to the very bottom, and you will smash it to pieces, and beat your breast in anguish. I, the Sovereign Lord, have spoken. And because you have forgotten me and turned your back on me, this is what the Sovereign Lord says. You must bear the consequences of all your lewdness and prostitution. The Lord said to me, Son of man, you must accuse Ahola and Aholaba of all their detestable sins. They have committed both adultery and murder, adultery by worshiping idols and murder by burning as sacrifices the children they bore to me. Furthermore, they have defiled my temple and violated my Sabbath day. On the very day that they sacrificed their children to their idols, they boldly came to my temple to worship. They came in and defiled my house. You sisters sent messengers to distant lands to get men. Then when they arrived, you bathed yourselves, painted your eyelids, and put on your finest jewels for them. You sat with them on a beautifully embroidered couch and put my incense and my special oil on a table that was spread before you. From your room came the sound of many men carousing. There were lustful men and drunkards from the wilderness who put bracelets on your wrists and beautiful crowns on your heads. Then I said to them, if they really want to have sex with old, worn-out prostitutes like these, let them. And that is what they did. They had sex with Ohala and Holaba, those shameless prostitutes. But righteous people will judge these sister cities for what they really are, adulterers and murderers. Now this is what the Sovereign Lord says. Bring an army against them and hand them over to be terrorized and plundered. 
for their enemies will stone them and kill them with swords. They will butcher their sons and daughters and burn their homes. In this way, I will put an end to lewdness and idolatry in the land. My judgment will be a warning to all women not to follow your wicked example. You will be fully repaid for all your prostitution, your worship of idols. Yes, you will suffer the full penalty. Then you will know that I am the sovereign Lord. Second Kings 24. Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. So on January 15th, during the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon led his entire army against Jerusalem. They surrounded the city and built siege ramps against its walls. Jerusalem was kept under siege until the 11th year of King Zedekiah's reign. Jeremiah 52, 3. Zedekiah rebelled against the king of Babylon. So on January 15th, during the ninth year of Zedekiah's reign, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon led his entire army against Jerusalem. They surrounded the city and built siege ramps against its walls. Jerusalem was kept under siege until the 11th year of King Zedekiah's reign. Jeremiah 39. In January of the ninth year of King Zedekiah's reign, King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon came with his entire army to besiege Jerusalem. Ezekiel 24. On January 15th, during the ninth year of King Jehoiachin's captivity, this message came to me from the Lord. Son of man, write down today's date, because on this very day, the king of Babylon is beginning his attack against Jerusalem. Then give these rebels an illustration with this message from the sovereign Lord. Put a pot on the fire and pour in some water. Fill it with choice pieces of meat, the rump and the shoulder, and all the most tender cuts. Use only the best sheep from the flock and heap fuel on the fire beneath the pot. Bring the pot to a boil and cook the bones along with the meat. Now this is what the Sovereign Lord says. What sorrow awaits Jerusalem, the city of murderers? She is a cooking pot whose corruption cannot be cleaned out. Take the meat out in random order, for no piece is better than another. For the blood of her murderers is splashed on the rocks. It isn't even spilled on the ground where dust could cover it. So I will splash her blood on a rock for all to see, an expression of my anger and vengeance against her. This is what the Sovereign Lord says. What sorrow awaits Jerusalem, the city of murderers. I myself will pile up the fuel beneath her. Yes, heap on the wood. Let the fire roar to make the pot boil. Cook the meat with many spices and afterward burn the bones. Now set the empty pot on the coals. Heat it red hot. Burn away the filth and corruption, but it's hopeless. The corruption can't be cleaned out, so throw it into the fire. Your impurity is your lewdness and the corruption of your idolatry. I tried to cleanse you, but you refused. So now you will remain in your filth until my fury against you has been satisfied. I, the Lord, have spoken. The time has come and I won't hold back. I will not change my mind and I will not have pity on you. You will be judged on the basis of all your wicked actions, says the Sovereign Lord. Hey guys, this is Ryan, and I hope you are getting a lot out of God's whole story. Uh, It means a lot to us even as we are reading through God's Word every single day in the order that it happened. Um, If you want to go ahead and follow us, you can find us on Instagram and Facebook at God's Whole Story Podcast. Uh, We would love it if you would share this thing with your friends or people that you know, or just share what's sticking out to you. Uh, You can either send us a DM, or you could actually email us at podcasts at worshipcenter.org. You can email us if you have any questions, if something stuck out to you, if you'd like us to pray for you. And if you want a Bible, if you don't have one right now, or if you want a copy of the one that we're using to go through God's whole story, we'd be happy to send that to you. So go ahead and reach out to us in any way that you'd like. We'd love to hear from you. Have a great day.